verse 32, John chapter 12. This is Jesus speaking. And he says this, and I, and I, when I am lifted up from this earth, I will draw all people. I'll draw all people, all men, all women, all race. I'll draw all people, the hurting and the broken, the lost and the found. I'll draw them all unto unto myself when I am lifted up. When I am lifted up, I'll draw all people to myself. You know, the church has the ability, has the ability to lift up the name of Jesus through worship, through praise, through the way we live our lives, through his word, through prayer. We we have the ability to lift up and exalt his name so that that people around us will see him and glorify him and and come to him. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself father we thank you for the son we thank you for the son now we have a champion that has never been defeated it may have looked like the cross was going to defeat him and take him out but it was an okie doke move from you father if the enemy would have known the bible says if the enemy would have known what Christ would have done through his death, his burial, and resurrection. He would have never crucified the Son of God. But Lord, we thank you that you hide your wisdom from the enemy. We thank you that no matter what the enemy tries, that your word will come forth because it's sharper than any two-edged sword. No matter what the enemy says, your promises will come to pass. No matter what the enemy has tried to do to us, we are who you say that we are this morning. And Lord, we we rest in that. We have confidence in that. We walk in that and we rejoice and believe you for it. And Lord, I thank you that you've given us the keys to the kingdom. Whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on this earth is loosed in heaven. And I pray right now, I bind the enemy and any spirit of offense in this place and I loose the spirit of unity in this house in Jesus name in Jesus name Lord I pray I would decrease so that your spirit would increase so that this word you have given for us today would go forth and touch every heart every mind in house and online I pray that right now. I pray that right now. Jesus, receive your glory. Receive your honor. And it's in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on, before you're seated, don't touch your neighbor, but tell your neighbor. I'm positioned for equality. I'm positioned for equality. Come on, I'm positioned for equality. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Thank you very very much have me up here blushing um for sure you know people say how old are you i said i'm old enough to know better still too young to care i'm just saying (laughs) little country song for you anyway no but it's so good to see everyone today how y'all doing today are you good come on shout i'm good amen amen well i know this i'm excited to have all of you here in the building, it's nice to speak to people. 
um, <clears throat> in the building, and it's also equally exciting to have all of you who are viewing in online as well. Men, we love and appreciate <clears throat> every single one of you, that's for sure. And um, yeah, so look, one more time. Don't touch your neighbor, but tell your neighbor. I'm going to keep saying that so that I'm covered, right? Like, but say to your neighbor, I'm positioned for equality. I'm positioned for equality. So, so look, man, we're going <clears> to <throat> gonna hop right into this thing. And, and the topic we're going to be discussing this morning is a super sensitive topic. <clears throat> it, it's a super sensitive topic. But, but, but here's the thing, right? Here's the thing we have to understand. What is happening right now in our country has to be addressed in the church. The change starts here, not out there. It starts within the body of, of Christ. And those of you who have been around the ministry for any amount of time or know me personally, we will not shy away from sensitive topics. We will, we will meet them head on with the word of God, not with opinion, not with good ideas, but rather with the word of God, because only his word can bring, bring change into the lives of, of men and women, into the hearts of men. Only God can search the hearts of people. And so, man, we, we're not going to give opinions. We're going to give what the word of God says about these different things. And, and you should know this, if you know me, my heart, in any time that I'm discussing something that could be offensive is, is, is pure. It's, it's because I love each and every one of you so very much. And, and God loves us enough not to leave us where we are, but rather grab us from where we are and take us to where he is in Jesus' name. And, and so look, even though what I'm talking about may offend some, know this, I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm not trying to offend anyone. That's not the motive. That's not the intention of my heart whatsoever. I'm not Howard Stern. I'm not a shock jock, although I do think shock treatment can be very effective. It can be very useful because something that I've realized over the, the course of my life is, is that when things shock us, it reveals what's in us because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so when something is, is shocking to us, we just react to it and then it shows us where we are. So it's just right where we are when we don't have time to sit down and have a written response. I'll show you where I am when I can't ask my wife, like, babe, what should I say here? You know what I mean? Like, she is my, my covering, my buffer. But when I don't have her there and I just respond to something, it shows, it shows me where I, where I am. Amen. So, so although I, I think shock treatment is a good thing, and useful thing. I, I never tried to set people up to shock them in order to offend them. I just, I just don't do that. However, I will say this. I preach the word of God and teach the word of God unapologetically. I won't apologize about what it says in it. And if what's in his word offends us, then, hey, man, we need to take that offense to him and have him lead us through it and reveal it to us. And man, in my life, on multiple occasions, the word of God has offended me. <laughs> and I guarantee you, multiple, multiple more times will God's word offend, offend me. But because I've got experience in it, what I've learned about offense is this. Offense is birthed out of sin. If the word of God offends us, it's because it's birthed out of sin. That's, that's the root of offense. It is, it is sin. 
Whatever the offense is birthed out of, whether it's pride or selfishness or, or whatever, I, I could go on and on and on with the list. Whatever the offense is birthed out of, the root, what's behind it, is sin. And the problem with sin is it leads to death. It will lead us to death. So if we have sin in our lives that's unrepented of, it will, it will eventually it will be eventually kill us. And here's the thing, right? The Bible says this, that the enemy, that Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Guess who? You, me, every good thing that God has ever spoken over our lives, he's come to steal, kill, and destroy it. This is his mission. And man, he's been doing it a long, long time. And, and one of the ways that he kills, steals, and destroys what God has for us is through the, the sins that he can get us to commit. The sins that we have committed and the sins that we are currently committing. But, but, but here's the good news, God is so good. Amen. He's so good as he's watching this unfold, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Godhead, the three in one God, the Trinity said, I'm not going to allow this to happen to my, my creation. I'm not going to allow them to be beat up and beat up. Instead, I'm going to build them up. So now he became sin who knew no sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. Now God is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. Amen. If we would just repent. If we would just repent. And see, God did what he did for us because he desires for us to spend eternity with him. That's what he desires for us to do. He, he desires for us to enter in to his kingdom. But he also knows, he also knows that if we have unrepented sin, I'm not even sure if that's a word, unrepented, I'm not sure. But you know what I'm saying? If we have sin in our lives that we have not repented of, then he knows this, it will eventually lead us to death. And so one of the ways that sin is revealed to us is through the offense that takes place through his word when we when we are going through it. Because the bottom line is this, and this is the truth. If we're reading God's word and we come across where it says, thou shalt not murder, we're not offended because we're not killers. It's cool, no, no big deal. I get it, yeah, I'm not offended by that one bit. But if I'm reading God's word and I read the story of the rich young ruler, and God tells him, he says, hey, one thing that you lack is to go and sell everything you have to come and follow me. But I have great possessions and I know that my possessions are, out, are outranking God in my life. Now I'm offended by this. And I begin to try to justify it. Well, God, what do you mean? What do, what do you mean I gotta give it all away? I'm offended by it. If I'm reading God's word and in it, it talks about how racism will not enter the kingdom. It will not enter the kingdom, but I'm offended by this. I need to look at it and see if there's racism hidden in my heart. This is what we have to do. But here's the thing. Offense doesn't have to be a catastrophic thing to us. It can be a good thing because it can produce a great outcome. If we take it and turn it over to the Lord. And our heart is, search my heart, oh God. You renew in me a right spirit. Create in me this clean spirit, oh, oh Lord. Then a great outcome can come 
can come from it because the Lord will deal with the offense in our hearts, with the sin that is hidden in incredible ways and bring glory to his name. It's actually an incredible thing. But, but, but listen to me, here's what I know about the enemy. The enemy is very crafty. The enemy is so crafty, matter of fact, Michael the archangel, the baddest dude in heaven, next to Jesus and God, obviously, and the Holy Spirit. So he's like the fourth on the list. But anyway, <laughs> like the fourth. But he said, I don't speak a blasphemous word at him. I say, the Lord rebuke you. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. I don't rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. See, the enemy is, is very crafty. And I want you to think about this for a moment because maybe you don't realize this, that he was able to trick one third of God's angels. One third of the heavenly hosts that were created to worship God, created to live for God, created only for God, the angels that seen God every single day, got to see how majestic and how marvelous he is. But the enemy being as crafty as he is, was able to trick one third of them to cause them to follow him and leave God. Think about that. A third of the heavenly hosts, he was able to convince thousands upon thousands of angels to serve him and not God, to help him overthrow the king off of his throne. Now we know this, that the, the coup didn't work because God is God and Satan is God and Satan is no match for God at all. It's not a fair fight, actually. Jesus said, I was there when I saw him cast down like a bolt of lightning and all of his little minions with him. But this is how crafty the enemy is. The enemy, if he can trick a third of God's angels into following him, into sinning against God, don't think for one second that if we're not sticking closer to Jesus than a brother, that he can't trick us and hide sin within us. Because he absolutely can. He absolutely can. But see, God is, again, so, so very good. Very good, and he'll reveal the sin that is within us through the things that offend us, through the things that offend us. And so as I was praying Tuesday morning, really early here on Tuesday morning, and I was asking God, God, where do you wanna go in this positioned series? Right, how many of you are enjoying our series, Position? Yes, <clears throat> the Lord gave me the series. And I'm telling you, it's just gonna get better and better as we go, I promise you. But I was like, Lord, we, we've already been positioned correctly. We've already been positioned on purpose. We've already been positioned for purpose. We've been positioning ourselves before you. So now where do you wanna go in this series titled Position? He said, he said to me clearly, positioned for equality. If I be lifted up, I'll draw, I'll draw all men, everyone unto myself. You'll be positioned for equality if you lift up, if you lift up my name. And, and, and so after he spoke this, this to me, right, I began to, to search the messages that I preached online and through my notes and <clears throat> over the past eight years, which is quite a few. And I looked for every one of them that I could find. And then I began to recall in my heart all the messages that I've preached, trying, trying to remember. And, and, you know, I couldn't find one. I couldn't recall not one time that I've ever preached what was in the national media cycle, not once in eight years, over a thousand times preaching. 
Not one time have I ever preached what was in the national news cycle. Not one. And so I voiced this to God, I'm gonna be honest with you. Me and him got a great relationship. I just tell him, like, look, I don't know what you're doing here. I don't know what you're up to, but I'm gonna, you gotta let me in on this. Cause I, and I begin to tell him, I'm like, God, God, wait a minute, wait a minute. We don't, we don't do this. This is not how you and I roll, man. We, we just, you know what I mean? We're, yeah, we don't do it. We don't allow the news to steer us or to steer the direction of the message. He said, the news isn't steering it. My people's hearts need it. The news isn't steering it. My people's hearts, they need it. Because what right now, what is happening in our country, he said, my church cannot afford to get it wrong. They can't afford to get it wrong. He said, my people have to be positioned correctly before me by being positioned completely against racism in all of its forms. In all of its forms. There can't be any racism within the church, period. Now, now look, many of you seen uh, my wife and I's Facebook Live, right, on, on Facebook. You've seen that. And, you know, we, we sat and, and just talked about the church's stance and our stance on on racism. Now, the reason that we went and shared our hearts is because there was this misconception on, on the reason that we, we participated in the Blackout Tuesday, right? Like people were, were, were spreading narratives that weren't, were, were not correct. And so we thought, hey, for us being, being the pastors, we need to, to set the record straight. Because here's what I know, man, the enemy works in silence, man. He really will. The Bible says that, 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 that if you are in the light as he is in the light, Right? So when we bring things to the light and we speak it and we get it out there, then God can start to maneuver within it and God can start to use it for our good and for his glory. But so we, so we, we did that and, and it was good to do that. But, but I'm going to be re- really transparent with you guys for a little bit. Is that okay? Yes. Man, I've cried over these past couple weeks so many times. It's, it's, it's not even funny. So many times. So many times about the temperature in our country and the reason that it's been so devastating to me is because I wonder if the church understands the gravity of the moment. I wonder if the people, right, in our country, right, understand the gravity of the moment. The church understands that, man, we have people in this country, black people who are being oppressed who are suffering injustice. And it's just that, that simple. But, but what I find is this, what I find, this is what I find. Because perhaps we don't deal with it. Because we're not dealing with it day by day, day in and day out. We think it's not happening anywhere. Because we don't deal with it, so ah, it must, must not be happening. The problem with that is, is man, I've seen it firsthand. I was in the inner city ministry for years and years, full-time ministry witnessing it firsthand, the black community suffering injustices and oppression. And I never understood it. I never understood it. And, and one of the things that I find so devastating in all of this, so devastating, that the bride of Christ, the people that God has separated unto himself and called us a, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, that has separated, we find ourselves choosing sides. I see it so prevalent. We're choosing sides. 
And it's so sad to me because, because being the bride of Christ should already determine what side you're on. It should already determine it. We've already spoken who we have chosen. And so we live for him and we obey his, his word. We're off limits to have another way of thinking, another way of living. We're completely off limits. It's sort of like this, right? When you see a wedding finger, and I'm not flipping you off, it's my ring finger. <laughs> Promise you I'm not. It's my wedding finger, right? My, my wedding ring. My wedding ring. It's sort of like this. If we see someone with a wedding ring on, they are off limits. Amen. That's a wrap. We don't have to pray about it. We don't got to inquire about it. We even got to think about it. They're gone. They've already chosen. They've already spoken who they have chosen. So we stay the heck away from them. We stay away because they're already spoken for. They have a wedding ring on. I promise you this, if people see my wife and don't see the wedding ring on her finger and know that she's already chosen and I gotta clarify it for them, they're not gonna like what I gotta say. <laughs> they're not gonna like it. It's like that with the, with the church. We got, the, we got a wedding ring on. We've already been given away. There's no, no, no side we are supposed to choose. There is no side. Everyone should already know our side, know our stance, know that we've already chosen who we're going to, to follow. By the way we love one another. They should know because we have proven what we have chosen. Our beliefs in the way that you and I live has already been determined by the king. Hear me, by our king, not a president, not a government, but a king. Amen. That's who decides how we live. Nobody else. He does. And all we have to do is read it and follow it and depend on him to help us live through it. That's our, our part in all of this. And, and, and so it, it saddens me, right, that this is where the church finds itself at this time in this country, being told you have to choose sides. You have to. You've got to choose sides. It, it saddens me. However, I will say this. I'm excited on the other hand. See, that's one hand. I'm excited on the other hand because I know the God I serve. And I know that, that, that what the enemy has meant for harm, God will use it for all of our good. I believe he's going to, to reveal things to our hearts that we never even knew were there Amen. through the offense that is going to take place. So that by the end of this time that we're walking through, that we're struggling through, that we're disagreeing on, man, by the end of it, we'll be more sold out for Jesus than ever before because that's the point of this life. I know that the church is going to make it through it because the Bible tells me it. <laughs> I know the church is going to make it through it and we're gonna be better for it. We're gonna be closer to one another because of it and God is going to take us from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory right in the midst of it in Jesus' name, amen. 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 But here's the thing we have to be careful of. We cannot allow the media cycle to tell us, to determine to us what we say we believe in, what we say we stand for, and what we say we stand against. We cannot allow them. I promise you this newsflash. Fox News is not the, the voice in the wilderness crying, make way the, 
prepare the way of the Lord. They're not. And because that's true, this is also true. CNN is not your Jiminy Cricket. It's not your voice of reason. I promise you that. It is not. It is not. Every news outlet has an agenda. And if they have their own agenda, it's not his agenda. Period. That's it. We don't even got to talk about it any further. So we know where to place what we are hearing. This is the point. This, this is the point. We, we, we know that this is our authority right here. This is why it's important to get into to the word of God. So right now, right, right now in our culture, this is what the media is telling us. If you say that black lives matter, if you make that statement, black lives matter, now you want to defund the police. Wrong. But this is the media. This is what they do. They pit each other against, pit, pit, pit ourselves against each other. If you say black lives matter, that means all of a sudden now you're choosing one set of lives over another set of lives. Just not true. Just not true. Of course, every life matters. <laughs> he says, I'll draw all people to myself. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever would believe in him would never perish but have everlasting life. I hope, God says, I hope that all would turn and repent so that they would not perish. Of course, every life matters. But the point is right now, there are our countrymen that are black and women that are black that are suffering injustice and racism, period. That's it. That's all the conversation is. That's all it is. But what I find is we're more concerned with the numbers than we are about the neighbors. We're so much more concerned with the numbers than we are being a neighbor. Just because we haven't seen the oppression, just because we not be, may not be the ones who are oppressing them, doesn't mean we wash our hands of it and say, well, you know, I didn't do it. So I wasn't around when all the bad stuff was happening. I mean, I didn't. Well, it's me. So I got nothing in this. But the problem with that is this, is God says this, when the people of God doesn't say the world, when the people of God repent for the sins of the world return and turn from their wicked ways, I will heal. I will hear from heaven and heal their land. He didn't say the world needs to pray, pray and repent. The world's not going to do that because they don't know Jesus. So why would they do that? It don't even make sense to them. The things of God seem foolishness to the world, but for us who are being saved by it, it's the very power of God. And so we believe that as we pray, Father, forgive us for the sins of our, of, of our country. Forgive us for that. Help us to turn from it. God, and heal the hurt that has taken place yeah. in our fellow countrymen and women. We don't wash our hands of it. Instead, we pray for it. We pray for it and we listen. By the way, we listen. Right now, we can't even hear anything because we're choosing sides, we're picking sides, so we can't even hear the other side. Well, tell me why you feel this way. Tell me what's happened so I can understand. Well, we don't even have a conversation because we're too busy choosing sides. We're too busy. So our stance cannot be, we're not the problem, so it's not our problem. Our stance has to be, no, 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 we're gonna pray for those who are being persecuted. We're gonna pray for those who are being oppressed. We're going to pray against injustice, and we're going to stand against it with every fiber of our being. Amen. This has to be our stance. The enemy has to divide us because he can't win when we're united. 
He can't. There's no way. So he's got to divide us. And one of his greatest tools that he uses is the media to get in there and start causing us to, to disagree and choose sides and worry about numbers more than being a neighbor. And if any of this offends us, right? If, if, if the statement black lives matter offends us, then man, we need to take that offense to God and say, Lord, why? Why? Ask God the question. It's good to ask the Lord the question. God, why? Show me. Search my heart, oh God. When the Lord began to speak to my wife and I about this, that was the first thing we did. Lord, is there something we don't see? Is there something we don't know? Please show us because we don't want to live in a place that you're not pleased with. Amen. We'll repent. We'll turn, God. This has to be our, our stance. This has to be our stance. And see, in the Bible, in Luke chapter 5, and I'm going to move really quickly. I'm sorry, Luke chapter 10. I'm going to move really quickly. Luke chapter 10, we find Jesus dealing with racism. That's what he's dealing with. We think he's dealing with kindness. No, no, no. He's dealing with racism. That's the heart behind it. Luke chapter 10. And in it, what we find is this law, you're questioning Jesus. And his question is, is very interesting. Again, it's a good thing to question. It's a good thing to have questions. We just can't get offended by the answers. Praise God. You can ask all the questions you want. Just don't get offended by the answers. Because we may not like what he's got to say back. But he, but he asked Jesus a question. He, he says this. He says, hey, 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 how does one inherit eternal life? How, how, how do I do that? How do I enter into your kingdom? Jesus responds. I love Jesus. He's so funny. He responds to the question with a question of his own. He says, well, well, what does the word of God say? In other words, Jesus is saying, the word of God is what tells you what you believe and what you don't believe, what you stand for and what you stand against. The word of God does that. Nobody else. Well, what does the word of, of God say? say? The lawyer says, well, it, it says to uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's, that's what it says. Jesus looks at him and says, you've answered correctly. You have answered correctly. Now go and do that. Now you just go. Just go and, and try to love your neighbor as yourself. And if you do that, you'll, you'll enter into the kingdom. You'll enter into the kingdom. Now, the very next sentence is so revealing of the human heart. And it's really easy to breeze over. It's so easy, but, but we can't. We got to catch these subtleties that God tries to bring out to us. But, but the very next sentence, it says this. Now, the man wanting to justify himself. <laughs> we are master justifiers. I don't even know if that's a real statement, but I made it one. I'm pulling all kinds of words out, making my own dictionary today master justifiers. We can justify anything we want to feel and anything we want to do and anything we, we want to say, we can justify it in a heartbeat because we're good at it. We're good at it. And we justify ourselves by explaining why we have the stance we, we have. Well, you know, the reason that I don't like the cops is I had a bad run in with one of them one time and they, and they really treated me bad. And so now I just, I don't like the cops. Don't, don't you get it? Don't you understand my stance? I mean, See, you see, this is the way I feel and this is the reason I act the way I act because they mistreated me first and so now. We say things like, well, you, you know, I, I, I had a really bad run in one time in the city with a black person. They cut me off and they cussed at me and they flipped me off and they called me all kinds of names and now, now I just, I don't, that's the reason I'm, that's the reason I am the way I am. I justify, I justify how I am feeling and the way I act. And I'm really good at it. 
we are really good at justifying ourselves so that then we are okay with the way we are feeling and the way we are acting. We're okay with it then. And see, this lawyer is no different. He's trying to justify himself. He isn't looking for Jesus to justify him. He's looking to feel okay about how he's living. That's what he wants. That's what all of us want, by the way. Don't be more holier than now. All of us want to feel okay with how we live. We do. If you don't, you deserve to be in prison, like I'm just saying. <laughs> we all want to feel okay. And so he's, he goes on, wanting to justify himself. He looks at Jesus and says, okay, well, well, who is it that, who is my neighbor then? Who is my neighbor? And Jesus dives head first, man, into a story. I mean, head first, not pulling any punches whatsoever. He uses the most racially provocative story, the most racially charged story to illustrate his point that he could possibly muster up in the moment. He uses the most racially one. And it's funny because when I start thinking I'm being offensive with my illustrations and my stories, I just go and read one of Jesus's. And I'm like, yeah, I'm really easy. <laughs> I'm super easy. My stories don't hold a candle to his. Like he goes through the jug, I mean, right for the jugular. No warning, no warm up, not explaining things, just bam, take this, let me reveal it to you. And so he begins to tell this, this story, right? And he says this, he says, look, a man was walking from Jerusalem to Jericho, telling us his race, the man's race, that this Jewish man was walking from Jerusalem to Jericho. And on his way, right, to Jericho, he fell into the hands of these robbers and these robbers beat him and stripped him and took everything from him. He said, and then he said, by chance, just by happenstance, as fate would align it, as fate would allow, here comes this priest walking by. And the priest didn't stop for him. Matter of fact, the priest went on the other side of the road away from me so he, so he could avoid him. And then likewise, he says, the same way, a Levite, a Levite comes walking by. He does the exact same thing the exact same thing. Crosses onto the other side of the road to avoid this man completely. But then here came a Samaritan man. Not the same race, not the same background, not the same anything. Here he comes walking by. And when he came upon the man, he stopped and had compassion on him. He, he stood up for him. He helped him. He bandaged his wounds and he and he poured wine and, and oil on his wounds. Then he took him and sat him on his own animal. That's what the Bible says. On the thing that, that he valued, he, he let him use and to help him along his way. Takes him to the inn, right? And the Bible says that he takes care of him for the night. But when he wakes up in the morning, he doesn't wash his hands of it. Like, oh, I already did my part, so I'm done. No, no, no. He, he walks over to the innkeeper, gives him more money. He says, hey, hey, take care of this man for me. I gotta go away on business, but when I come back, I'm gonna come back and stop by and see how he's doing. And when I come back, if you spend more money than I've given you, I'll give you more money back. I'll repay you everything that you're owed. This is what he says. And Jesus, after he tells this story to this, this lawyer, he then asks a question. He says, which of these three men proved I love that he used that proved. Which of the three men proved to be his neighbor? Which one? 
proved to be, the lawyer says, as he's looking around, because it's a crowd around him. Crowd all around him, he's looking around. And he says, very timidly, as you, as you read just the essence of the text, like, well, I guess, I guess, I guess the one that had compassion on him. He didn't want to be the one standing up and saying this racially motivated and charged thing that Jesus was trying to pull out of the Jewish people at this time. He didn't want to be in the middle of it. He's like, oh, I guess the one that had compassion on him. Jesus says, yeah, you answered correctly. Now go and do that. Now go and do that. What we have to understand in this story and why it's so crazy that Jesus would use it talking to a bunch of Jewish people is because Jews and Samaritans literally hated one another. They were so racist against one another. They had no love for each other, just simply based off of their race, period. That was it. And Jesus uses these two people groups to illustrate his point in the story, to prove to us what he expects from us. This is why he uses it. From us who want to enter into his kingdom, for us who call us Christ followers, this is what he expects from us. Prove to be a neighbor. In the story, the priest and the Levite represent the church. That's what it represents, these two people. The church. Priest and the Levite is the church. The people of God. That's who they are. And the people of God remain silent in the injustice. They didn't help at all. They didn't take any action whatsoever, even though they've seen this, this man suffering and, and hurting. And Jesus is saying this, their lack of compassion with their lack of action will cause them to miss out on the kingdom. The church can't afford to get this wrong. Amen. Do you hear me? We can't afford. We cannot afford to get it wrong. Our reward is heaven. Did you know that? Our reward is to spend eternity with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But the goal is to follow his word and to live according to his word. That's the goal. Yeah. Rewards heaven, but the goal is to follow his word. And the word of God there is telling us that racism will not enter the kingdom. It will not enter the kingdom. Matter of fact, if you, if you know the, the word, right, you, you read in Galatians, Galatians chapter two, what we find there is Paul and Peter, and, and Paul goes at Peter's neck because Peter has some hidden racism in his heart. And so through the word of God that Paul gave Peter, it was revealed to Peter. Paul confronted him, no, this is not right. You cannot do this. You cannot look down upon people because of who they are or who they are not. Enough, Peter realizing it, and then becomes the man of God who, who wouldn't even be crucified for Jesus the way Jesus was crucified, but rather said, hang me upside down because I'm not even willing to, to hang the way he hung. God revealed it to his heart. It goes on into Galatians chapter three, and Paul, Paul speaks this to us. He, he begins to tell us how God sees all of us, and he says that through faith in Christ Jesus, we are all now sons and daughters of God. In Christ, say in Christ. In Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, nor black nor white, nor Hispanic nor Asian. There's none of that. Matter of fact, there's no free or slave and there's no male or female. What? Nope, not even that. Not even the basic separation of man and woman. That won't even be there. In Christ, we are all one in him. This is so important for us to get this 
that first John chapter four says this, not one eye has ever seen God, not one. But if you love one another, God abides in you and he will be revealed to those around you through your love for one another. This is how important it is to get this, not to be worried about the numbers, but worried about proving ourselves to be neighbors. This is how important it is. The last thing that Jesus says to his disciples before he's taken up into heaven, after he was buried and and resurrected and now he's getting ready to go to heaven, he says, hey, hey, one more thing, one more thing. People will know that you're my disciples by how you love one another. Can't afford, can't afford to get it wrong. Because here it is. Racism is demonic, period. It is demonic. And did you know we're called as the church to, to just rip down every wall, to crush the works of the enemy? That's what our call is. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers and spiritual forces in heavenly places. But see, the weapons of our warfare, of your warfare, of my warfare, they're not carnal, they're not of the world. They're mighty to the pulling down of these strongholds. And no weapon formed against you, he's talking to the church, no weapon formed against you, church, shall prosper. So stand up and fight against injustice for people. Because I'm looking for you. I'm looking for you. He's not looking for the world. God's not looking for the world to do it. The church can't be silent or inactive during this type of a period. It cannot. Cannot cross on the other side of the road, turn our heads, close our eyes, and just go, la, 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 that's not happening. Like we were kids. No, 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 I don't hear you, I don't hear you. Mm -mm. We can't afford to be silent or inactive. It's our job as the church to fight the demonic, the demonic oppression and possession that is called and labeled racism. We have to fight it. The priest and the Levite represented the church in the story. They would have been the ones that you would think, everybody would think would stop and help them. But it was the Samaritan, another race, another set of beliefs and another background that stopped and proved to be the neighbor. Proved to be a Christ follower through his actions for this man. He chose to follow the word of God. He didn't allow others' opinions and others' thoughts to sway him or to help him make his choice. He proved his, he proved his actions, proved that he was a neighbor through his actions. Therefore, proving that he was going to enter the kingdom because there was no racism in his heart. If there had been any racism at all in his heart, he would have walked right by the man and got away from him. But no, we can't afford to get this wrong. We just, we just can't. We have to prove who we have chosen by loving those around us, even when they look different from us. Even when they look different from us. And we cannot afford to allow a political affiliation cause us to choose a side. We've already picked our side. I promise you this, this may be a newsflash to some, and this may offend some. Jesus is no Democrat and he's no Republican. He is the king, period. He's the king. He's the king. 
He's the king. And when Jesus shows up, he doesn't show up to choose sides. He shows up to take over, period. He doesn't share his glory with no one. He doesn't share it. It's his because he's the only one that deserves it. As Christ followers, we are under a monarchy. Did you understand that? And I know we don't like to hear that word. Like, we're under a monarchy. We serve one king. We follow one set of beliefs. One. This is who we are. What he says goes. We ain't got to think about it. We ain't got to pray about it. We ain't got to take it to him. Like, what he says goes and we just do it. We just follow it. And we treat people how he says to treat people, to prove we are neighbors. You know, the Lord said to me a while back, this is what he said to me. He said, if people know your political affiliation before or more, they know the love of Christ that has compelled you and that has set you free. There is a problem, son. There is a problem. So we need to check our Facebook feeds and see if if, if we're lacking Christ-centered content saying, I live for Jesus, period. You'll know my affiliation by the one I love. But if all we find is political garbage and jargon, there's a problem. And if this offends us, we need to take it to Jesus and say, Lord, help, help us. Help us. Multiple times in my life, I've gotten so many things wrong. But the one thing I know, the one thing I know, the moment I repent, God fills me and strengthens me and pulls me. It's an incredible truth. He is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. We don't let the offense set. We don't let the offense settle. We take it to him and let him remove it. And again, take us from where we are to bring us to where he he is. Our main text, John chapter 12. He says, I will draw all people. I'll draw all men, all women, all races. Red, yellow, black, and white. Every one of them is precious in his sight. So I will draw them all into myself. So that those who have given their lives to me will now be positioned for equality. Treating everyone equally. Equal respect, equal love, equal admiration, equal compassion. Not giving a flying leap what your color is or nationality. Don't care. Don't care. And it's not as though we're not going to see color. Do you know we see in color most of us? Some of you are colorblind. But most of us see in color. It's not about not seeing color. It's about seeing the color and choosing still to love them in spite of looking different from you. And honor them. If all lives matter, black lives have to matter. And we can't let it offend us. We can't allow that. And if it is, we take it to Jesus. Help me, Lord. Help me. Come on, stand to your feet. There's neither Jew nor Greek, nor slave nor free not even male or female in the kingdom. So if we want to inherit the kingdom, there can be no racism. Can't happen. Just cannot happen. The enemy is crafty. He will hide things in our hearts and make sure if we're feeling an offense from something being said, we take it to God. If it's in his work, we take it to God. Lord, help us. Let me see it. Let me see it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you even in the midst of the offense, we can feel your love drawing us in. 
Lord, we thank you that your word says that you discipline those you love. So Lord, I pray that today's message would would show us that you're disciplining us because you love us. And Lord, I lift up every single person in this building, watching online. God, that if there's anything in us that has any hint that is racist, I pray it would be removed in Jesus' name. We bind it. And we lose your unity right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, take us today to another degree of glory in you. Lord, if there is any offense, Lord, I pray that the sin is revealed behind it to each and every one of us, Lord. And I bind the enemy from using it to separate us from you, to separate us from one another. I pray, God, right now, I bind the enemy. I bind him in his, in his schemes. And I loose your perfect peace and your perfect unity over this body and over all those watching. Lord, I thank you for each and every person within the sound of my voice, God. I thank you for them. I thank you that their hearts are open to what you want to tell them. It's incredible. Lord, and I speak your favor upon them. I speak your blessing upon them. I speak your protection to go all about them and their families in Jesus' name. I speak health over each and every person here. I speak health over them. Lord, continue to draw all of us in by your amazing kindness and love. In Jesus' name, and everybody said,